the cookie cutter care schedule. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Michael Perush, and I'm joined with my other host, Dr. Troy Fox. Troy, you always lead the topic. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the cactus sticking out of the top of my head. I, I need to move <laughs> my chair. I don't know. No, what we're going to talk about today. So you you and I were talking uh, off air just a little while ago, and you had received an email from mm-hmm. a group of PI attorneys that you work with, with a really interesting topic about chiropractors being sued for cookie cutter treatment schedules. So what I want to talk about today, one, tell us a little bit about the email you received, but then I want to talk about how do we derive an appropriate, where do we derive our appropriate care schedule from? What are the parts of that? So first, tell me about, tell me about this email. This is fascinating to me. Yeah. So a couple of the insurance companies, PI-based insurance companies, so auto insurance, Mm -hmm. um, apparently are giving chiropractors and I, and I don't know where, I don't know mm-hmm. what part of the country or if it's nationwide or what. Um, and when I say nationwide, I'm not talking about nationwide insurance. I'm not, right. I'm not bringing up insurance names right now, but right. Um, they, they're giving chiropractors or hassling chiropractors over the fact that so many treatment plans look the same, mm-hmm. same number of visits, same type of care, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you stop and think about that, it, it's actually kind of interesting um, because I, we probably should get hassled for doing stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. why do we have this preconceived notion of what every patient needs when it comes to a care plan? I, mm-hmm. I think I think we're kind of um, stepping outside of our bounds of being a good doctor by doing that, you you I can't look at a patient. I'm maybe I'm just not that good, but I can't look at a patient and say, "Well, that patient needs 18 visits." I've got to do all this other crazy stuff, like do a history. I've got to ask a bunch of questions. I've got to let my orthopedic neuro and neurological testing guide me. If I'm taking X-rays, I got to let the radiology films guide my decision making process. I can't just look at a patient and say, "Well, there's what they need." It doesn't work that way. And you can't have this preconceived notion when the patient walks, when every patient walks into the door, that everybody gets the same thing. That's what we mean by cookie cutter, that predetermined treatment protocol. Yeah, I think when you look at it, you you have to say to yourself from that standpoint, I have prior history with with this type of condition. Once I get done with, you know, a very, and I really like a detailed interview with the patient, especially when you get into PI and that sort of thing, um, information is king. The more that you can find out about what happened, what the patient's feeling and really document that well, that's number one. Number two, you get into the ortho neuro testing, um, range of motion testing, kind of look and see, you know, where is the dysfunction? Because it's not all about their pain. We already know that. Right. And then when we start getting into treatment, here's a really easy way to, to, to look at it. Look at it in, in, in six visit chunks or two week chunks, especially when you, when you're dealing with an acute yep. injury, you're probably going to see them two or three times a week. So after a couple of weeks, 
you should be doing a reeval. You should be finding out where they're at. And that's where reevaluations are so important. And I think that gets you away from what we call the cookie cutter approach. Why mm -hmm. would I recommend three times a week for six weeks with a patient when I have no idea at that point? Now, that very well may be exactly what it takes. It very well may be from my prior experience about what it's going to take to get that patient to where they need to be. Yep. But if I'm not documenting and supporting that, why would I start with that? Now, I may tell the patient, in my prior experience <clears throat> with your type of injury, you had a car accident on ice. We all know that the ones on ice are worse, right? And why? Because the the, the opposing forces. Um, I, I went through a really nice PI seminar where we talked about uh, collisions on ice or mm -hmm. slippery surfaces. And it, it's amazing how much worse people get injured. So let's say a person you know, has a slip and fall on ice or they have a car accident on ice. In my experience with patients that have had this type of trauma, it's going to take 18 visits for you to get where you need to go. Just so I preface it for the patient. Sure. What am I going to do so far as a treatment schedule with that patient? I may say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with two weeks of care and then reevaluate you. Yep. And then we'll <laughs> progress from there. So I don't need to put down a cookie cutter treatment. See, now it looks like cookie cutter, even though I'm really trying to use my knowledge. So in some cases as chiropractors, you're trying to forecast ahead and doing a really good job, but you're forecasting and we don't want right. to forecast. <laughs> what we want to do is make recommendations that are then followed up with objective findings. Exactly. So there's where a re-exam is really important. Yeah, they they are. And you've really got to pay attention to history, mechanism of injury, especially on PIK. So, you know, and you brought mm -hmm. up the uh, added impact that the patient absorbs when they're on a slippery surface because the, mm -hmm. the ground isn't absorbing part of that. But right. you know, you've also got to think about, so here, here, I'll just make an example. You got a mm -hmm. family of four. They're in a wreck. Okay. Mom, dad, <clears throat> uh, and, and two kids. One mm -hmm. is 15 and one is 10. Are the injuries, even though they're all, all in the same accident in the same car, are the injuries to all four of them going to be the same? No. The answer is no. Is the recovery time for all four of them going to be the same? The answer no. is no. Age, predisposition, uh, concomitant, uh, I can't ever say that word, uh, issues going on, you know, General direction health of impact, status. general yeah, health general, status, airbags. Yeah. I mean, it it all this stuff plays into it. You know, is that is that fifteen year old, sixteen year old, whatever I said? Are are they going to be what I always call the hyper healer because their body's just so dynamically changing and growing that they're just going to heal that much faster? Right. Is that fifteen year old going to heal faster than fifty uh, five year old mom? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So how can you put both of them on an 18 visit treatment plan? Here's the thing that I don't think we realize sometimes, especially in the PI world, all these insurance companies are interconnected. It's called the Cardinal mm -hmm. system. They've been interconnected mm -hmm. for years. They're all sharing this huge database of information, including how often you treat them, how many times you treated them, what the schedule looked like, what the diagnosis was. When, when they see you doing the same thing, over and over and over again. How easy is it to throw up a red flag? Of course, they're throwing up the red flag. They should. 
And you're you're not saying doing the same thing over again. In other words, if I come in and let's say I'm doing an adjustment, cold laser, and maybe I don't know some ice or whatever, or maybe I'm doing some a stem or something mm-hmm. as we get farther along. We may be doing a lot of the same things with each one of these cases. What you're talking about is from case to case to case to case over the years. Yeah. Every person that walks through your door gets the exact same treatment schedule, which yep. doesn't make sense. Um, you're not going to treat, you know, if, if I've got a, 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 a lady that's 83 years old, that's in a minor fender bender, she might require as much care as a patient that had a 50 or 60 mile an hour crash when they're 16 years old. Right. So you, you never, you know, you, and, and that's where you go back to your re-exams. I think those are golden because you can really start showing at that point, if you're doing a really good exam to begin with, now we're looking at how did range of motion improve? How did ADLs improve? Because those are important, even though we're not working with a Medicare patient, because we've all we, we've all seen how that works. Mm-hmm. You're trying to improve ADLs, <laughs> but we're trying to improve ADLs in every patient. So those are very good indicators with with even our PI cases or work Absolutely. comp cases. What's going on with that patient? Using Absolutely. using Oswestry scales, you know, uh, those are good things to do. Anything where you can objectively look at the patient and you can say range of motion is improved on the Oswestry scale, they're this, um, orthopedics, you know, this was negative and this was negative, or maybe they're all negative at that point, but you've still got pain in range of motion. You've still got, you know, some loss of range of motion, mm-hmm. you know, those are all important factors to look at and document. So I think. As we look at this, documentation is king. It's king. And 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 yes, we need to derive all that from a good patient interview and a good exam. So it all it all hinges. There's your foundation. Right. And you've heard me say this a million times. When you do your evaluation, your history. So let's just walk through a soap note. You get your subjective and you've really fleshed it out and asked a lot of questions. You do your objective. Take those two things and connect the dots in your assessment Mm -hmm. and then on into your plan. You know, don't just talk about finding right SI pain. Why is it painful? What about it is painful? How does it affect function? Tie it back, tie all those loose ends back to help flesh out your treatment plan. I'm telling you, it's not hard to build a fairly elongated chiropractic treatment plan. If that's what you, if that's what the patient needs, mm-hmm. you just got to take the steps to get there. You know, in this, I, I pulled the newsletter up here real quick. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not going to mention names or where I got this or anything. It's just something I get. I, they send these out like twice a month he, in this newsletter. He talked about every patient receives the exact same treatment schedule daily for a week, four times for four times a week for two weeks, three times a week for three weeks, four times a week for uh, uh, one time a week for four weeks and on and on and on. Okay. Right. Some patients probably need that. Does every patient? No. And then here's a couple other things. He talked about what you just said, not using outcome assessment questionnaires. Mm -hmm. So you've got no basis for how the patient's care or how the patient's condition affects their activities of daily living. 
And then here's the other one. Providing DME, like tens units, for a ridiculous mm-hmm. price, like a thousand dollars for a forty dollar tens unit. Actually, probably twenty nine dollar mm-hmm. tens unit. Yeah. You know, while that's tempting, maybe to some, be just be reasonable. You can build in a little bit of your time as long as you dispensed it. You can't mm-hmm. have staff dispense these things if you're billing insurance. Right. But if you dispensed it, okay, charge. 85 to hundred dollars. It doesn't take that long to show the patient how to use it, why they want to use it. And here's another thing that, that he talked about in this newsletter. You don't give DME on day one, mm-hmm. just like we're supposed to do with chiropractic care. We need to do a trial of chiropractic care to see what's going to work. Right. Do your trial of chiropractic care and then see if the patient needs DMA, mm-hmm. especially if you're seeing them pretty repetitively in the beginning. And they're not going to have time to use the DME probably at home. Also document why you gave them a TENS unit. What are they supposed to do with it? How are they supposed to use it? And why are they supposed to use it? He talked about the fact that we're not putting that in our notes. Mm -hmm. You know, what's great about all this. When you play by their rules, which I don't think their rules are unreasonable. No, they're just saying, Hey, we'd kind of like to know why you're treating them. We'd like to know what your rationale was for that treatment plan. Um, and if your rationale is supported by outcomes assessments, follow-up exams, <laughs> you're in good shape. Here's what I think is beautiful about this. This will bleed over into your regular practice and your regular notes. Yes, it will. Because you are used to denoting things that way. Will that be beneficial for you in the long run? Well, if you ever had an issue where you ended up having your notes, uh, you know, pulled and somebody looked at them for one reason or another, yep. absolutely, it's beneficial. There is nothing worse than an error of omission. Yep. In other words, you knowing <clears throat> what you did with the patient and why, and it's absolutely one hundred percent legit, but yep. it's not in the notes. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Guess what? It, it, you can say all day long, "This is why I did it." Well, doctor, it's not in your notes. Exactly. And you, that's just not a battle you can even win. No, especially if you have to go to court, you know, and, and I think that's something else that maybe we don't think about, you know, we get, I think sometimes we get starry eyed when a PI patient walks in the door, we think, oh, wow, it's going to be a great case. And there are great cases, not saying they're not, but we can't put our eagerness to have a high revenue case in front of, I'm going to use your word in front of our rationale. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect word. We have to be rational about the whole process right. and make sure that we document well with the assumption that we're going to have to go sit in a courtroom and in front of a jury answer questions about the case. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how many times I did that. I would get called right. in as an expert witness on other doctors' notes. And it mm-hmm. was horrifying to me sometimes to see what some of the doctors had had or didn't have in their notes. Just be they, 10 feet tall and bulletproof with your documentation. And they may have been really great doctors and given sure. really great care to the patient, but notes and care are two different things. And I think we get frustrated sometimes as chiropractors because we're like, well, I don't know how much I should document, how much I should. There, there are plenty of really good classes out there. There are also opportunities with Cats consulting. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, from a standpoint of what we do, 
we can take a look at your notes. We're more than happy to take a look at your notes. And yes, we're going to pick them apart. But wouldn't you rather have us pick your notes apart than someone else? Yeah. We're not going to take money back from you. Yeah. So we are there to help. And I have concerns about our profession on, on a daily basis of either providing cookie cutter care and the other end. And we kind of talked a little bit about this in the last podcast was sometimes about not making any kind of future recommendation for care, not giving the patient a roadmap for the future. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those is great. You you don't want to be on either, either side of that fence. You know, before we jumped into the studio here, you were talking about somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. who was progressing along with their care. They weren't, yeah. they, they, they weren't over their symptoms and weren't back to full function. But you said right in the middle of the care, the doctor turned to him and said, well, I guess come back whenever you feel like you need to. Yeah. What, what kind of a treatment plan is that? And that was like, it, it was sort of like having a car halfway fixed. It's like, okay, you go to a body shop <laughs> and they took all the dents out of the car. It still doesn't look great. It needs some paint and that sort of thing. And then they paint like one door and put it back on there and go, call us later if you want us to paint the rest of the car. (laughs) I mean, honestly, so the patient had numbness in their, in their arms and the, and the numbness was getting better, but they just said, call us when you need us. And I was like, man, I was, I was struggling to understand that. Now there may be more behind that story than we know, but if that's truly how it happened, I'm just, I'm at a loss to understand that kind of so care schedules are important and patients want you to direct them but they don't want you to cookie cutter and neither does the insurance company they want you to use objective right. outcomes assessments objective exam findings they want to know what's going on with their client that they're going to pay for well if i was that patient and i was still having issues but i was getting better and the doctor said come back when you need to i'd have gone call me when you need to i'd have gone straight out to my car and i'd have picked up my cell phone and i called the office and said hey i need another appointment yeah or you find another chiropractor and that's I'm, usually what I'm, happens i'm doing what you told me to do yeah that's exactly right that's how you lose patients so yeah because that's exactly what's going to happen here this this <clears throat> this patient is going to end up going to another chiropractor because I've already made a recommendation for them to go see somebody that that I trust will do a great job with them and yeah, yeah it just is how it is unfortunately so everybody just just don't don't do cookie cutter treatment plans don't don't think what's easiest for you think what's right for the patient and use your rational thinking skills to create a rational treatment plan and yes. uh, treat patients on their level, not yours. How's and that? Treat them, and treat them ethically. Like you said, with the DMEs, I mean, that's absolutely that's just, you you've got to, at the end of the day, be proud of what you do. When you do the right thing, when you create a win-win situation, here's something else I always say, if it's good for the patient and it's good for the doctor, that's the win-win. So that's your litmus yes. test. So just do it, yep. do what's right, do what's right. And you will make an amazing living in this profession. You'll have fun. And most of all, you'll sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. I like to sleep at night. Yes. So no more cookie cutter treatment plans. All right, everybody. We appreciate you listening. As always, if you haven't done so yet, go to the Cats Consultants website. 
check us out. We've got all kinds of downloads and you can listen to other podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you catch us every week. And from all of us here at Cats Consultants, thanks for tuning in to the KC Chiropults podcast, and we'll see you next time. See ya.